this crypto business that we're in, man, I think we're in it at the right time. This is the bear market. The risk asymmetry is tilted towards our benefit because yeah. the projects that are going to fail, they've probably failed already. Maybe they have a little runway to fail in the future, but the stuff that we're involved in, pretty much no. So it's only upside from here. The teams are building and we just have to keep supporting by DCA and Ing, and then from there, I don't necessarily know how we lose at this point. It's just a matter. It's not a matter of matter of losing. I think it's a matter of how much we're gonna win. Yeah, I, I as we were talking about before, I think the only way we could potentially lose is our exit strategy, like <sighs> when it does hit the bull market, and if we just wait it out too long, and then it retraces, or we cash out a little bit too early, wouldn't be a loss, but we'd be like losing out on potential gains. But the money that we're investing right now, I think the chances of completely losing it or losing it substantially are are very minimum. So yeah, I think relatively low risk, very low risk in the realm of crypto, but potentially very high returns. So I think this is a great time. Also, not financial advice. This is just <laughs> as two single guys in their twenties. This is our personal strategy. Do yeah. your own research. Yeah, man. But at the end of the day, it's like. How much? Yeah, how, wait. How much are you willing to to risk in a bull run when it comes to potential upside? Is it like are you starting to sell at ten x, twenty x, like because some projects could go like a thousand x too? So yeah, that's hard. Um, because if you sell at a hundred x, you're kind of really pissed with yourself. Yeah, and I feel like it's easy to say now when it's not happening. I feel like when you actually see the numbers in like your wallet and shit like that your strategy might go out the window. I feel like the safest way, the same with investing, is DCAing out, but I think that probably takes a lot more discipline than DCAing in. But that's the strategy I'd like to adopt leaving. Like, I still need to, I guess, I should be thinking about this more. Hopefully we have some time, but planning at what point I start DCAing out, like, oh, I see a 10x return, like every three days I'm going to cash out 3 or 5% of this coin or something like that and just kind of let whatever's happening in the market, not dictate if I'm going to cash out or not, because you can't time it. But I'm sure when you see it going up rapidly, you're going to like second guess yourself and be like, oh, if I wait until tomorrow, this could be $10,000 more than if I cash out today. So I'm just going to risk it. And then that's when you can get into some trouble or see some big returns. So in my head, that's my, my rough plan right now, but we'll see how it works out in practice. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I think that's a pretty good way of going about it. But one of the things I was thinking about is just that once I was looking at the way that the market cycles kind of go for crypto in general, it happens so fast, man. Like when the bull run is really hitting, it's like a three to four month period where like you, it's kind of like, okay. In 2017, I guess it was different since it was early, early days. Yeah. Um, 2013, it's like, you're way, way back. But 2017, it was still that, that early days where November was like the start of the ramp up of crypto. December was like the massive mania of like prices going to astronomical levels. And then things started to retrace heavy in January of 2018. So essentially, that was like a month and a half where you had to essentially liquidate all of your positions if you were to really capture gains. And in 2021, it was kind of similar too, but it was a longer arc because it was, it started ramping up in December of 2020, 
January 2021, there was a lot of, I mean, Bitcoin was starting to hit reach all-time highs. February, it, it was getting close to that all-time highs. And March, it hit its all-time high in general. Um, But, like, remember, it retraced heavy and it, went, it ran up later in the year. So from that perspective, I'm thinking that maybe this next bull run will have a little more time and a little more cushion. So your strategy will probably net more positive returns compared to years in the past because there are more there are bigger players coming in now. There's BlackRock, yeah. Vanguard, Fidelity. They're all buying up things right now. So when things really start going heavy, man, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of how condensed it was. I got I didn't invest a ton of money back in 2017, like I did it like an idiot, like probably a lot of people did. Once yeah. it started going up, that's when I started buying in. Yep. I was heavily into IOTA and definitely lost a lot of money on that. I feel like last one, I was investing before, luckily, in like Ethereum and Bitcoin. I hadn't really looked into many other coins. And I feel like I came out about even from the last one. I didn't lose any money. I maybe made a little money. I was like also in the NFTs pretty heavily. So I'm hoping <laughs> this time, third, third time will be a charm and I can actually time it right. But yeah, it is very condensed, so taking that into consideration with DCAing, like it might need to be like a daily DCA thing instead of weekly or things like that because it is such a condensed time frame. But it's, I think it's easy to forget now like how crazy things get in a bull run of like things can jump up hundreds of percent or decline hundreds of percent day to day when you're in it. And yeah, timing that for your exit strategy is definitely hard. I think my dad has always given me the strategy, which I don't think he's like the best financial person, but like, <laughs> just casting cashing out your initial investment like once it first goes out so if i like invested ten thousand dollars into cardano it hops up to like i don't even know like a hundred thousand cashing out that original 10 so you don't lose anything and then mm -hmm. kind of you're playing with the house's money but i don't know if it translates well to this thing because like that ten thousand dollars could a week oh. from then be like four million you're like fuck like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't give a shit about ten thousand dollars like i screwed myself so yeah, that's a really good question. The little um, old lady strategy. That's yeah, mine, doing that one. Might not be good for uh, the future. So yeah. What did, do you have any like concrete exit plans? I'm right still now? formulating it, man. I'm still formulating it. Um, because I have a very high risk tolerance where I'm willing because it's kind of like that there's I've been reading market cycles by Howard um you know, Mark. Wait, what's his name? Okay. How did I forget his name? Howard Marks. There we go. I okay, had his I... name mostly, but I had it inverse. So I read Market Cycles by Howard Marks. And I read um, the 20, the most important thing also by him. And he kind of talks about the stuff that we talk about, but just more on a bigger level of just bigger concepts that we have to understand when we're dealing in the world of investing. And he's kind of giving me the confidence of just like exploring higher sides of the return spectrum because we're not going to see this anywhere else, man. It's like, yeah, for a 20 X man, it's, it's kind of like unimaginable. Like if somebody tells you, Oh my God, my portfolio is up 35%. And you're like, wow. And then they, in their mind, they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I went up 30x on my money. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah. it's, it's kind is of that like, legal? Is that exactly? It's like, are you, are you, 
printing money at this point, it's it's really it's really that high. And and one of the things that he said in the book, in one of the books, I don't remember which one, is just that when it comes to markets and the newly formed ones, especially crypto since it's fairly young, it pays a lot to be early, which is that's why we can see like 30x, 100x, a thousand x returns on certain cryptos. Because once the market settles, when institutions come in, more people are adopting it, we're never going to see that again. Then we're yeah. going to be the ones advertising, I'm up 35% of my portfolio. And you're like, I remember the days when I did like a thousand X on this one shit coin and I was like so happy. Yeah. We're like in the wild west right now and that's not exactly. most likely going to come back. Do you think that, that like this, this next bull run is going to be the last of that or do you think... Potentially, we'll go into another bear market, and it'd still be the wild west for the the following bull market. Or is that just too far out to even have an educated guess on? I think I have a theory, man. I think I this next one, twenty twenty five, is gonna be a big one. But the thing is, like, it all depends on what happens in the presidential election of twenty twenty four, because I think that if Trump comes back into office, he is going to have Things just like he's gonna, you know, lower corporate tax, um, open up things from a financial perspective, bully Jerome Powell to try to lower interest rates. He's gonna he's gonna like start talking about how the stock market needs to do new all-time highs. So he's gonna he's going to create an environment where a lot of speculation is going to be able to happen. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think the regulatory landscape will have eventually will have caught up yet. Because 2025 is very soon. And you know yeah. how legislation happens. It takes a while. They got to like look at 100 different dudes talking about the safe thing. They have to draft like 750-page documents that nobody reads. So I think that 2025 will be another big market. But I think one of the things... I'm scared, bro. I'm scared about USDT, man. I think it's yeah. going to be the one that's going to cause the next cascading event in the next um, bear because what's going to happen and this is just a theory that I'm running out entertain me a little bit with it because you know always every bull and bear market there's been a scare about USDT people are like it's a scam Yeah, we, can we look at the books they say they have US treasuries but do they but somehow some way they've kind of like eventually the market said ah let's forget about that but the big thing now with regulations is like they don't necessarily want to just say, oh, Bitcoin, um, we need to regulate Bitcoin or that. They're going to kind of regulate it as like, you know, a speculative asset. But I think the, the real thing is like stable coins. I think that's their angle, right? So in the stable coin realm, if they have, like the US is probably going to see like, oh, these are the acceptable stable coins that can be used and this is the unacceptable ones. But there's going to be a sweeping regulatory environment of just like anybody who's issuing a stable coin, we need to have your records on shape. Um, we need to see all of your records uh, in terms of how much you have in reserves, um, how many are issued across different chains and whatnot. But if that regulation does not happen before the next bull run, then I think that's, going to, uh, that's what's going to cause the next bear market with USDT collapsing because it's going to be a point where there might be like a run on USDT and they cannot fulfill, or 
maybe you're just like printing it out of existence, kind of like a Terra Luna type of thing. Yeah. And it collapses onto itself. You know, people lose confidence. Crypto is a scam. We can't trust anything. And, but if it happens, if the regulation happens before and USDT has to actually sh- really open up their books to regulators in the US and across the world for people to actually have um, openness and transparency about what they're doing, then I think the next bull run, we'll still have 2025 and 2029, in my opinion, but I think the next two will be solid. But if the 2025 one happens and there's no regulation, then I think it's going to cause a big crash that is probably going to take a little longer. Maybe the bull run, the one that follows that one, instead of taking like four years, it'll probably take like five to six years, you know? So that knock it off so the following bull run wouldn't like line up with um, like the, the Bitcoin having. Yeah. Exactly. It, so that would be offset from the Bitcoin cycle. And I feel like that would, or the Bitcoin having, right? So I feel like that would probably make that a unique bull run if it's not lined up with that. Yeah, it could create like a super one. Uh, but I don't know, man. Our financial system just seems like getting more bizarre day by day. So. Yeah. $2 trillion just got like added to our national debt. I'm like, what the hell? Well, also, I wish I could remember the video because I watched it during the last bull run of like explaining all the USDT stuff and how it's kind of like a house of cards. And when that falls, it's going to like take out a bunch of crypto and stuff. Um, do you have any speculation on why? Like everyone is so weary of Tether and says it's kind of a scam and stuff, but it's still like one of the top stable coins and such like a key part of crypto. Why do you know why like everybody's just kind of turning like a blind eye to it when everyone's like wary of it? And it kind of seems like a ticking time bomb. Uh, it just I, I still don't know. It's just like I think it probably might be the poison pill that's that's needed to scare people again from crypto. I have all these conspiracy theories, but it just they never show their books as to how they're backing Tether. So they say they buy they're buying U.S. Treasuries. But they just keep issuing new debtor at certain points. And you're like, um, how are you just able to issue these? And then they say, oh, yeah, we have banks um, issuing with us. Or they have certain contacts with banks. There's not enough transparency. And I think that's what's scaring a lot of people. Because they're like the third by market capitalization in terms of, they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty much everyone's kind of, everything kind of runs through USDT in some aspect. Yeah. Because if you look at it, I think it's like, what, 75 billion or plus? And recently, you just minted a billion tether. And you're like, how are you just minting a billion tether? You're not the, if the Federal Reserve does that, we get it. But you're you're like a private company that operates offshore. Um, you say you have links with banks across the world. Like, I think they also have Bank of China um, associations. Yeah, there's just not enough transparency. And I think that once there might be a point that they're going to really get called out on and they're probably going to collapse. But I still don't understand why we're just keeping it going because there's also, I just saw an article that I read, it's like an excerpt. And one of the people that used to work for Tether said that this is kind of a scam. (laughs) (laughs) And then they got fired. (laughs) But, you know, I think it was, it happened during a bull run. So nobody really paid attention. Because everybody's irrational. Just like, yo, man, we don't care if it's a scam or not. We're just making money. So, but still, it's just 
every time I start to read and get deep into it, it just seems like things are not lining up. And when things don't start lining up, then that's when you have to be wary. Yeah, especially when it's like in the top three cryptos and it could be a complete scam. Uh, not to dig super into stable coins, but like how do stable coins, how are they, what's their business model for making money? I've never understood that. And also if Tether's a scam, why aren't people like migrating to like USDC? I don't know if they're any more reputable, but like it seems like there's other stable coins. Didn't you mention another one that just came out that's like actually they have a physical dollar for every dollar that you can use? I can't remember the name of that one. Oh, yeah. That's the one that's going to be issued on Cardano, um, USDM. Um, yeah. So and they haven't launched yet, but that's going to be... I think USDC is also the same thing. But the thing about USDC is they're, they kind of... They, they run on some of the major blockchains, but not Cardano, because they kind of... They approach Cardano Foundation, and they said that, yeah, we'll have uh, USDC on Cardano, but the thing is, like, we're going to need a eight-figure amount from you. Like I think it's seven-figure amount. I guess a couple million to make sure that it happens. And the Cardano Foundation was like, "We're not going to pay for that." Yeah. And then they're like, "Okay, then you don't want us to be on your network." So, but USDC is kind of they they also have bat one-to-one backing. Um, where like every dollar that is USDC. On the blockchain is a physical dollar. I think they also they're they're regulated and they could be audited, so they're pretty legit in that sense. Um, USDT and like the the, the the to your second point about how are they able to their business model? Ah, that is that's a good question. I've never understood the. I know that we need stable coins. And yeah. Any yeah, we need it because you can't just like hold in Bitcoin and like have. This volatile asset move up and down, uh, but their their business model, I think, yeah, I ha- I haven't really considered that. I know they're they're needed, but like, how do they make money? I know that USDT or Tether was able to make some money by like making loans off of their make up money <laughs> to certain <laughs> institutions, and you know you get paid like an interest, and you know you have have probably some collateral in order for them to get a kickback. But yeah, I haven't like really delved into like how they're able to stay profitable. But I think probably since they're providing a service to all of these different blockchains, like a percentage of the transactions from the fees that are generated from like sending USDT or USDC from one network to the other, you know, like gas fees, they probably yeah. get a kickback from those, from the network in order for them to operate. Because they're providing a service, and at the end of the day, services are not free. Somebody's yeah. got to pay for it. Yeah, I was wondering if they'd get anything from just like the transaction fees or anything like that. I don't know if exchanges could work that out with currencies where they give them a kickback. or. Um, and I thought they have staking rewards too. I don't know if Tether does, but I know that like on Coinbase, you can get maybe like 3 or 4% on USDC. So I'm like, if they're paying out, I don't know if Coinbase is paying that or they're paying that, but I'm like, if they're paying out staking rewards... They have to be making some type of money because they're paying out money on on top of just providing that currency. So, yeah, I've always been kind of confused about how a stable coin makes money and like, how does someone even go about being like, oh, we're just going to make a new stable coin? It just, I don't know. It seems like a very, not easy service to provide, but it's like you're just providing something that's pegged to the dollar that provides utility for like 
So of all crypto things, it seems like one of the easier projects to launch because it's such a simple concept, but I didn't realize how they make a profit off it. Yeah, it's pretty easy, but it's just a, they have to deal with the regulatory environment. And, and it's kind of on shaky grounds. Yeah, and just a lot of volume too. Like everyone's going to be like trading through you. So I'm sure it's a lot of pressure, but I was just surprised there's not more stable coins because if there is some type of profitable business model, you think that'd be a lot less volatile than a lot of other crypto projects. Yeah, because it's like when it comes to crypto projects, ah, they have like a high likelihood of failing because come on, it's like everybody, it's business at the end of the day. Like 90% of businesses fail. So this pretty much would be like that same concept for any crypto project. But the thing is that since you're providing a service that's needed, oh, actually, you just brought back um, a memory. There's a stable coin that did launch a Cardano during the bear market of 2022, and it collapsed. Not collapse in the sense of like um, they were running a scam. It collapsed in the sense of like they were not getting enough volume in order to justify providing the service anymore. So, yeah, they were one of the first ones to launch a Cardano. So not very stable then if it didn't didn't last. (laughs) Yeah, very unstable. (laughs) Do you remember the name of it? Um, I think it was Shakes, Shakes Lake or something like that. Okay. So it was that... It was a, I was, I was liking all their posters. Like we launched a stable coin on Cardano and it was, they had like a, I think it was it a fiat. They were, they had plans of having a fiat off ramp and everything. And they had a one-to-one backing, but I think that over time, like since the bar market hits and you know, there's no liquidity in a bear market. Yeah. And I think they launched right, like right close to like the end of the bull market is right into the bear market and it was just like bad timing it was just Ugh. the worst timing for them and they uh. were just trying to patch it together they're like we don't have that much runaway and i'm like yeah and it's probably you're gonna have to wait another three to four years in order for you to have highly liquid markets to come in they were trying to like i think they were trying to partner up with a couple people uh, it didn't happen so and then they just said we're closing shop but it wasn't a it wasn't a, a scam though yeah, so that was a that's a good just thing. unfortunate timing. Sounds exactly. like exactly, and not that you're a stablecoin expert, but are there stablecoins for other currencies as well? Like, are there some for like the yen or just like other currencies around the world that they're pegged to, or is it just the U.S. dollar? It's been like it seems that it's mostly the U.S. dollar because I haven't seen other stablecoins that I would say, oh yeah, this is they don't there's not enough variety. They're kind of like a FX market, you know. I'm just yeah. like oh. I have the yen, I have, I could get the yuan, I could get the euro. Most of them have been some shape or form tied back to the US dollar with USDC. USDT is the biggest one and it has a one-to-one peg to the US dollar or we would like to believe. And even all the other algorithmic stable coins that I've been thinking about, like Jed, remember the over collateralized one? So it has like ada as the collateral but not on a one-to-one basis on a at least four to one up to eight to one so that one like it's ties the us dollar iusd which is a synthetic stable coin it's also us dollar so everything's kind of lining up for the us to really be like the, at the forefront of crypto if 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 when it comes to regulations if the us could like really solidify solid 
regulation that could open up the markets in a way that it stays in the U.S., yeah, the U.S. could be at the forefront of everything again. Yeah, that'd be a huge advantage, you'd think. Like it's, I'm assuming, is it the traditional banking system that's like kind of holding all that back? Because it seems Pretty like much. overall for the country, it'd be good for us to be on top of this. Probably also having like super old politicians doesn't help either when they don't even understand what the stuff is. Exactly. If it, that's where I think, man. That's I'm not, you know me with politics. I really want Trump back. The reason why is because whatever regulation comes out during his administration is pre- probably going to be pro-innovation yeah, and pro-business. So in that sense, even though it might not be the greatest regulation, I think it'll definitely be better, whatever the Biden, Harris, com- uh, whatever crap administration that did is, comes out with. So that's, that's just my take. And the timing would be great too, because like if he doesn't get elected, not that I'm saying I'm super pro Trump. I I don't know. I I'd probably pick him over Biden at this point. <laughs> I'm pro Trump because he's pro my bags, man. I, I, it's not about the money at this point, man. I'm I'm pro RFK, but I doubt that's gonna happen. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But if not, I'd probably have to back Trump. But anyway, like if he doesn't get elected, the bull market's gonna probably pass before he'd have a chance to get back into office if he's still alive again to run in. What would that be? 2028. So yeah. Kai seems like this has to line up. Like if he gets elected, it could be big for crypto. If not, <sighs> hopefully Biden Harris can't fuck it up too bad. Yeah, I think it'll still I think the bull market will still happen because they can't really control that aspect. It's just that when it comes to the other side of like regulation and probably what's gonna happen next, then it's gonna be pretty tough. But I think, yeah, I think it's gonna line up for Trump. Bro, even though indictments, you could give him another four, five, six, eight. This guy just seems his popularity is just growing. That's the thing about polarization. They think that, like, the, like right now, we know that it's not necessarily a conspiracy per se. There is a targeted attack on making sure that he's not able to run again. Yeah. It's obvious at this point. Like some of the stuff that they're bringing out, some of it, oh, it's very serious. When you start to look at it, I don't think he's going to go to jail, <laughs> but the thing is, it's not necessarily the, the psychological thing that you're trying to do in order for people to be like, oh yeah, so he's a bad man. Don't vote for him. But I think that it's actually probably going to do the exact opposite. Whereas people are like, oh, he's being targeted. He's a victim. Yeah. But look at my life. I'm a victim. Things are not lining up for me. Inflation is high. Um, I have no like I'm losing money. I can't necessarily live like when I was living under Trump, it felt better. Life was better. I think I might as well take my chances with Trump. I think that's probably what the average voters probably going to think in Michigan. And also Trump, when it looks like you, I don't know if you've paid attention too much to the, the strikes. I've like seen it here. And the, there. the auto worker strikes. Exactly. Yeah. I've kept up on them a little bit, but so yeah. he's probably going to tell them something like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, fix things. I'm going to make things the biggest deals, the best deals. I'm going to get everybody in the room. And I swear to you, there's going to be a lot going on when it comes to the deals, the deals. You've never seen these type of deals. I've been making deals for, I would say the Biden, has he ever made a deal? Oh yeah. He probably going to send more money to Ukraine. What do we need? We need to make America great again. We need consistency. We need greatness. America's number one. We should be number one. We're not number one. China's number one. Russia is with China. 
If that happened, that would have never happened under me. Never, never happened under me because we need to bring back America to the forefront. We're getting screwed on these business deals. They're sharks. Xi Jinping, Putin, they're sharks. They sit down, they're asking Biden what's going on. Biden says pudding. <laughs> what does pudding have to do with anything in this situation? I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. The man is not the man for the job. Put me in and see. I get the greatest deals. Oh, my daughter Ivanka. I don't, I don't even. Oh, if so, the ball if the bull run doesn't hit, you could probably get a job as a as a <laughs> Trump speechwriter at least. I know, right? Make some so, money that way. Well, I so, think it's a, a bad bad precedent to send set anyway trying to like put a former president in jail just because you don't agree with him like seems very short-sighted too since i wouldn't say trump is not kind of petty and spiteful like if trump does win it's not like biden hasn't done sketchy shit too like imagine i'm trying (laughs) to put him in jail for ukraine shit and he's not super popular like he's not gonna have diehard fans being like biden's innocent blah 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 and fucking And they end up sending like a 90-year-old senile man to prison or something. So, I don't know. It just seems like a very poorly thought out strategy to be coming out with all these indictments and stuff. And yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just going to like make more people even more fans of him. Like, oh, the government fucks me over. Now they're trying to fuck over Trump. Like, we're on the same side. Fuck the government. Exactly. Yeah, you've summed it up perfectly. I think that's pretty much what's going to happen. So. We'll see. I mean, 2024 is going to be an interesting year, man. It's going to be so... I'm actually looking forward to it. I've been watching some of his um, rallies and whatnot, and I'm like, I see... Unless the only way that they do it, like where Biden somehow wins, is if we have another pandemic in 2024, and there has to be a lot of mail-in votes. Well, they're talking about the new variant of COVID or whatever. They've been talking about that a lot recently. I could also see... I really hope it doesn't go this route, but... Oops, looks like we got into a war in 2024. We probably shouldn't switch presidents in wartime, blah, blah, blah. Like The Mancina, we don't even necessarily know if you would know that we're at war. Yeah. It's like, wait, are we, aren't we still at war with Russia? And they're like, no, this is a world war president. It's like, where's my pudding? <laughs> I need some ice cream. Exactly. But yeah, I saw that um, Zelensky was in New York, I think this past week or whatever, asking for more money. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I think he was asking for like, like long-range missiles or something like that and i'm like that does not seem like a good idea not even from the the money doesn't seem like a good idea but also giving them long-range missiles does not seem like a a way to de-escalate this whole thing wait how do you think this thing will play out though it's like if if let's say like i don't necessarily know how it will play out i'm more curious to think to know what you think i have no idea i think it's going to play out however i guess is definitely how it's not going to play out but how long can Russia deal with this shit? Like, we're not fighting them, but we're giving them missiles and shit. Like, if we were at some type of war with Mexico and they were getting a bunch of weapons and stuff from Russia the entire time, like, it's not like we'd put up with that shit, like, indefinitely. Like, at some point, I feel like they're going to have to, like, fuck up Ukraine really bad to make a point and just be like, this can't be won. You guys just need to give up. Or they're going to, like, do something to retaliate, like, I don't know how they'd do that without starting a war, which hopefully wouldn't happen, but like I could see them propping up other people to fuck with us to kind of get back. Which again, I don't know how many resources they have to spare. I'm completely just like pulling this all out of my ass, but I don't know. I There needs to be some type of exit plan. I don't think us just continually funding Ukraine is a good long-term strategy. It's just going to 
make our relationships with Russia worse. More innocent young people are just going to die in this stupid war, and it's also costing us a fuck ton of money. So, I don't know. I think we need to do something different than what we're doing now, which I don't see happening, and I don't think there's going to be any good outcomes. And the art of the of the deal, I would get Zelensky and Putin in the same office, and we would talk about a deal. We would talk about this because it would have never happened under my administration. It would have never happened. Putin would have known. He would have known to never attack Ukraine. And from there, that's why I blame the Biden administration because, ah, come on, he's a lightweight. <laughs> so. I could see that actually could be a way, which I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but it seems like if we did have a change of office, if Trump came in, that could that be a natural off-ramp point of like, oh, we've changed our administration. Seems like Trump has better relations with Russia than Biden does. Maybe they'd come to the table and we could end that. And it'd be a huge win for Trump as well. So I could see that being in his interest. So who knows? Maybe if Biden loses, that will help resolve all this. But you never know. It's kind of funny, too, because haven't you seen like the only time we've listened to Ukraine from our news has only been like, oh, yeah, Zelensky and we need to send them more money. We haven't necessarily gotten any front lines anymore about what's going on in the war. Yeah. That's actually, Trump said in a recent interview on, on, NBC, on NBC that we're, pro- we're definitely losing. Because oh, yeah. If we were winning, we'd know about it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, he's kind of right. up. It's like, I think that out of all the politicians, that's one of the reasons why I think Trump has a general appeal. All politicians lie to you. Yeah. But you know how they lie to you. They lie to you. They come to you saying, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's like 100% is lies. But Trump, I think he's still lying, but he makes it entertaining, one. But he dro- he drops like nuggets of truth throughout. So it's yeah. like, huh, he might be lying, like most politicians lie 100%. He lies like 95 But that 5% of truth, people really hold on to that, you know? Yeah, I think he lies whenever it benefits him, which all politicians do. Ah, uh, yeah. But then if there's a situation where he can kind of pull back the curtain and like fuck over other people where it like still makes him look good. He's willing to do that where other politicians, I think that they're so wrapped up in like not to use deep state, basically deep state. That just sounds hacky to say that, but they're so wrapped up in the politics of everything. They're not going to pull back the curtain because they know that those people will probably fuck them over. Whereas Trump just seems to not care, which is nice to kind of get that peek behind the curtain. Yeah, man, I wish to speak I wish I could speak as openly and as him. Imagine you go to work and you're like, yeah, that sleepy Joe Biden. What a fucking jerk off. It's yeah. like, damn, you get fired. HR is like, what's going on? So we hear you and you, you know, like the people in HR like supremely left. So like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like sleepy Joe? You think that's how you should be addressing a president, a sitting president? And it's like, oh yeah, the man's, you know, I was like, what? What are you talking about? Senile? Mm, termination. <laughs> Do you think we'd let a president be senile? Exactly. Right. Are they going to let Trump debate at all? Like I, I saw part of the initial Republican debates. He obviously wasn't part of that. <sighs> like, are they keeping him from the debate somehow? I'm just like, it seems like this primary is so fucked up. Like the Democrats are really like so crooked. They're like, did you see they're not letting any of the yeah. candidates like go to New Hampshire? And if they do like all their delegates go to, biden and the georgia Uh, ones and stuff and that seems fucked up and that seems republicans are also kind of doing some shady shit to keep trump out of things 
Um, I think the thing about the Republican side, it's not necessarily I um like the Democrat side. You're right, one hundred percent. I think because they're just saying, oh, Biden is just the guy, and I'm like, really? Kennedy should definitely have like a good standing. Like if like I like if it was a candidate, it was it would be Kennedy in my opinion. He should yeah. be the next president of the U.S. But uh, you know the deep state, they're not gonna allow that. They're just gonna run with Biden. But on the Republican side. I don't think Republicans have a choice, really, because they just know Trump is killing it in the polls. Like, yeah, they, he's just like the guy. Like, they try to prop up DeSantis the last couple of years. He's like, he's the our guy, but DeSantis is, ah, uh, he's DeSantis, bro. He's not. He's not beating Trump. The only way he's beating Trump is like, let's say Trump was like, Trump were to die right now, and yeah. he might not even like win that. Um, that. The Republican nominee, he might not even win that. He might barely win. So, yeah, I think if he's, he's smart, he would try to like team up with Trump and be the exactly. VP. Seems he like should. the the Vec guy is also seems to be pretty popular. He kind of seems like a Republican version of Andrew Yang. I don't know if you've seen him at all. I just saw him on the the debates, and I've heard other people talk about him. He's like a, the brown dude. Yeah, the Indian guy. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> is he going to be the next president of the U.S.? <laughs> Probably not, but I, I think it's good to have those people in there to kind of shake things up and call people out during the debates. But... Oh, come on, you just brought him up there just for fun. They're like, yo, you should put an Indian guy. It's kind of like a skit. They're like, yo, let's put an Indian guy in there. They're like, yeah, he's going to be the president of the U.S. <laughs> the founding fathers are like laughing at their graves. They're like, yo... You, you had us with the black guy. Okay, we can understand that. But the Indian guy, come on. <laughs> and I mentioned it like, yo, when it comes to like America being founded, it's like we were killing these dudes. It's like, you know, we're going to put one as a president. Well, I think we he's got... India Indian, not Native uh, American Indian, but still. Uh, I was gonna like get into that point. Oh. Uh, I was gonna say that yeah, we were when the like the founding founding fathers when we they were like when it comes to Columbus, he was going over. He was trying to find those Indian too. He found some other Indian dudes, but the original Indian dudes that we're looking for at first, that we were that's that's I mean maybe we understand one of those guys making it, but an uh, Indian guy from India, come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. I wonder yeah. who, who Trump would, would pick as his running mate if he gets the nomination. Yeah, we know it's not Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, does not seem like does not seem like Mike Pence has much of a, ch- a chance either. From Mike Pence, turn on him. According to Trump, he's like, oh, he should have said that the election was rigged. Uh, he shouldn't have because I think the vice president has like um. Yeah, he was like that, in the the building or whatever. Exactly. Was it the, the Senate or? Con- I'm so bad with politics, but yeah, yeah he, same. he has to like officiate the results or whatever. So he was exactly. there. They were like looking for his head and Trump's like, go get him. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, Indian guy. <laughs> hey, you never know. I like, you never know. Hey, he's young. Anyone that's under like 60 definitely gets uh, more of a weight in my vote. If I had to, between all the, I'd probably vote for, Vivek, if I had to vote for anyone in in the Republican <laughs> primary, but yeah, <laughs> he also seems like a huge nerd. From like him trying to like talk cool and the, I don't know if he's signing the debates. I just watched like the highlights, but he was like Same. trying to to slam on all these people, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking nerd. But yeah, uh, he's cooler yeah. than the like the seventy year old white guys that are running. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, Indian guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So, so you you wanted to talk about? So yeah, you were talking about VR. What's about that? What's, what, what? Well, we're already forty-one into this. Maybe we'll, we'll save that for the next episode. Yeah, we can fun. we can hop into VR. Indian uh, <laughs> guy, <laughs> the president of the United States is a Indian guy. Come on, hey. The you DC never know. It's like we cannot ha- allow this. It's like we rather like a seventy, like what we an eighty year old senile guy instead of having an Indian guy. That is true. That I mean, I think the deep state prefers the older, whiter, and the more senile and white you can be. I think that's the ideal candidate for the deep state. So absolutely. I mean, Kamala Harris got pretty close. It's like, damn, a woman. Uh, as a vice, like if has, you remember, there was like a whole scare about Kamala Harris. Like, oh my god, she would be terrible as president. But she's never like, I know. I mean, Biden seems like he's gonna tough it out for like this year or whatnot. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think that I don't know how Biden would do another four years. People like the people who are somehow still supportive of him, I don't necessarily understand because guess what? Student loans are coming back. I know we're in yeah. a conversation and like a week. Emails. I know it's those assholes. They're like, oh, I gotta pay them back. I'm like, oh, I thought it was canceled. In my brain, it's still canceled. Biden is still <laughs> confident they're going to find a way, according to those emails he sends out. I heard they are trying to do it a different way, but yeah. Uh, yeah I think they, it's like uh, beating a dead horse at this point. Yeah. I, I set up my payment plan, so I've, yeah, I've accepted defeat. Yeah. So they're expecting, how are they going to, I don't necessarily know, how are they going to garner votes for 2024 when, okay, so the student loans thing just like collapse. Well, like, what can you rally people around? I mean, a new vaccine booster. So, yeah, really. Uh, we already know that's kind of bullshit, but I still don't understand a, a pathway for Democrats to like really rally people or make an incentive for people to vote for them. Yeah, they don't have much. Yeah, I really can't think of anything. Like, things are more expensive than ever. The economy sucks for like kind of on the borderline of a war. Student loans are coming <laughs> back. Who knows? Maybe this COVID thing will actually be a thing, and I'm sure they can't do anything to help it, even if it is. I'm not worried about it, but that'd be ironic if this new strain actually does turn out to be bad, and they can't, and the vaccines are still ineffective. Yeah, I can't really... They don't have any messaging that I think really resonates with many people, because it's not like they support poor people anymore, and I feel like Republicans would still probably vote for... I mean, rich people would still vote for Republicans since they tailor to them as well so who knows but i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if there's some rigging or things that go on in this in this election seems no, like they're not they're just like openly playing dirty already like with the primary so i wouldn't kind of count anything out of play at this point uh because uh, Trevor also said that i mean the thing is remember i keep talking to you about doug casey right yeah and doug said that the thing is, like, both sides cheat. Republicans cheat, Democrats cheat. But the Democrats are better at cheating than the Republicans. So, in this next election, the Democrats are going to try to cheat again. Oh, yeah. But it's just like now the Republicans are really looking. They're like, ah, oh, they're going to really be, you know, really call it out so that even though there's going to be cheating going on, but it's just like the margin of. Um, of error that's needed in order for the Democrats to keep power. The Republicans are just going to call them out so that it's, bro, I don't necessarily know how Trump doesn't come back. You could love him or hate him. 
this guy is going to be back. And it's, it's beneficial to us for because of our bags. But besides that, uh, he's going to be back. They're, they're trying to fight. I think that's probably why they're like, ramping up these indictments. It's just trying to push him away. But I don't necessarily know how. It's just going to make them, him stronger. Yeah, especially with the timing and stuff, too. Like, I know that one of them is, like, right before Super Tuesday and all this shit. So they're, like, really pulling out all the stops to try to stop him whatever way they can. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. It's just, like, I think I'm more, I'm looking forward to 2024 more for, for like, the crazy antics that are going to be had, like, the crazy propaganda they're going to try to push out. Um, on both sides and also to um, yeah that's gonna that's a bull market in my opinion yeah well i feel like a lot of people are just gonna completely like check out this time like i think people are still fatigued from politics from 2016 and 2020 and all that mm-hmm. i feel like people still haven't recovered from that and this election seems like it's just gonna be even crazy it seems like everyone's more crazy than the last and i feel like a lot of people are just gonna be like this whole thing is just a scam both sides are cheating i really don't give a fuck and they're just gonna like tune out and then, yeah, probably Trump will win because the only people that are going to care are people that are passionate about politics. And most passionate people are like into Trump or they're just super like liberal Democrats, but they're not yeah. super into Biden. So I feel like having fans that are centered around one person rather than just a party in general are probably going to turn out more. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm exci- excited for it. I'm not like worried, but just like. God, I fucking hate politics. So, not excited for them to try to tr- like stir the pot next year a lot. Like, I feel like they're just gonna try to get people worked up. Definitely. Oh, you know what's funny? Uh, you remember uh, in one of our last conversations way back? I had mentioned how when I traveled to Colombia, when I stepped off the plane, there was like a a feeling of just like all over my worries just being gone. Yeah. So I'm not crazy, man. So it turns out that there's another guy who lives in the U.S. and he moved to not Colombia, but Chiang Mai, Thailand. And he said that once he got there, it almost feels like it felt like all of his worries were just gone and he was able to rebuild himself. And he's been living out there for a year. So going back to us and like politics and whatnot, it turns out that if Let's say the both of us eventually just leave the U.S., go another country, South America, Southeast Asia, or Eastern Europe. Like, not Ukraine, but (laughs) those other areas of Eastern Europe that are fine. Um, Life is just like, it's just life, man. Nobody is necessarily worried about politics or anything like that. Especially for us as Americans, we, like, (laughs) do we care about um, Serbia's politics? No, not really. We're just living life. Or, yeah. So it kind of puts into perspective how insignificant things are once you start you remove yourself from them. Yeah. And he, and he mentioned the stuff about how in America he was really concerned about politics and all these different things and mass shootings. He for a second I thought to myself, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily walk around with the fear of mass shootings, but it could actually happen at any point. You just never know. Yeah, but it's but it's a very real thing that does happen. Yeah, I don't think about them a lot, but I definitely think about mass shootings, especially like my girlfriend and I just watched this. I don't know if it's a Hulu movie. We watched it on Hulu. It's like called To Catch a Killer or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's literally just about this like guy that goes on a shooting rampage and like kills thirty people. 
And I'm like, damn, that's scary that I was like, this isn't even fiction. Like, this happened in Las Vegas <laughs> at a Jason Aldean concert like five years ago. Exactly. And then everything just like goes on as planned after I'm like, yeah, you never plan on being part of a, like a mass shooting. Like, it's not something you should probably be concerned about all the time because it's really mostly out of your control. But that is pretty crazy that that's just like something that we have to deal with in this country that's not a problem in most other places in the world. Yeah. So it's that's interesting about Ben. I was like, huh. Yeah, you're never going to have to worry about that, but I know, man. So we'll see. That's why I'm saying that the future is not America. The American dream is to actually leave America, but with enough money in order for you to live a good life abroad. Yeah. Hey, but we don't have to worry about typhoons or I don't know if Columbia gets earthquakes, but every place has their thing. So that is true. I feel pretty safe from mass shootings, staying primarily in my house a lot of the time. So <laughs> the mass shooter might be the enemy is not for us from within. Your, dude, some your guy, girlfriend. <laughs> some guy just got shot in the head like a block from my apartment a few Holy weeks ago. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, it's this bar. Like whenever I come back, like usually when we'd be in the city and I'd get back, like this bar is always like bumping at like four in the morning. Um, and there's always cops out front. And yeah, I think it was in July, end of July, someone got shot in the head. And I looked it up and then the previous july someone got shot it seems like i think three out of the last four years like in july someone's got shot there so what the is this like a mafia hangout or something i don't know it's called i I don't want to dox myself but yeah it's just a seems like a rough bar it's right next to the pizza place we go to too so it's like a pizza it's definitely uh, italian it's definitely some mafia going on over there because i'll just say the clientele is definitely not italian um it's not a, a primarily italian Okay. <laughs> bar from the people I've seen hanging outside when I come home. But yeah, it seems like a, a rough joint and it's, it's like a three minute walk. So Jesus Christ. In the head every time. It's just like one guy right. one guy survived getting shot in the head somehow, but this this last guy did not survive. So <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I guess you can get shot basically anywhere, but you know what? You can die anytime. You can get hit by a car too. So that is true. That is true. But in the same bar getting shot in the head. Yeah, so I just don't go to that bar. I've talked to my girlfriend before seeing this. I'm joking. It's like, oh, let's go to this bar since we definitely would not fit in. But uh, after seeing that, I'm like, yeah, maybe we should not check out that bar. <laughs> uh, this is That sounds crazy, man. Just as crazy as a Indian president. Yeah. <laughs> I bring it back. Like, I think... Yeah, I was about to do something very racist. I think I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's like he shows up in the, in the, in the meetings, right? And they're like, sir, how, how do you think that America is going to strategically put itself at back to number one? Do you think it's been displaced over the last couple of years? Well, sir, when it comes to... The- <laughs> When it comes to the American way of doing things. <laughs> if this podcast ever takes off, this is going to be like 10 years. We're going to come back to this, this clip. This is going to cancel us once we finally found success. It's like Pete, the racist. He's like, oh, well, when it comes to the success of an American, you have to see who's going on. <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be funny. But it would actually be pretty interesting, though, because I think one of the the prime minister, or like the top dude in 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 the UK, is Indian. 
I mean, there's also Indias. I mean, the the top guy in India is Indian. That that may imagine it's a white guy. This is the top guy. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, yeah, I I finished my way into becoming. Actually, it wouldn't be that crazy because you remember UK. The UK had yeah, to um, say colonized for, them for a long time. It was a white guy in charge, though, <laughs> exactly. or I guess white woman. I don't know if it was a king or queen at that point, but yeah, it might have been a king. It might have been a queen, but hey, they were. It was a white guy at the top, um, and then it would be interesting. Like it would have been the UK. The U.S. and India, all having an Indian person at the leader. Top. Yeah. Wait, do you say it's actually the prime minister of the U.K. is Indian? Yeah. Um, the new guy. He's he's Indian. Oh I wow. So. Um, huh. because actually, well, let me look him up. Gandhi would be very happy. What a turn of events. <laughs> Gandhi would have been very happy. That's a good one. U.K. Yeah, because remember there was yeah that's his name Rishi Sunak. Huh. Yeah, he's the prime. Yeah, the prime minister. He's you, and he's like young. He's forty three, and he's pro crypto. Oh, nice. Yeah, see if we have Vivek in there, we could probably get like a even closer alliance <laughs> going with the UK, UK, India, and hey, India, Sunak. India's killing it, didn't they? Just like land on the moon recently or something like that. I I heard it's kind of like that. It looks kind of shitty. Uh, um, I haven't looked at it, but is it a fake moon landing? Did they fake it in twenty twenty three? We we did it with Steven Spielberg. They yeah. did it with like, I think it was Stanley what? Kubrick. We're we're faking this stuff back in the sixties. Oh oh wait yeah yeah you're right. <laughs> so uh, yeah look at them yeah so but he's yeah so he's a guy yeah he's an Indian dude so but you know what's interesting too Indians have been like killing it in terms of reaching high levels of power across the U.S. and also across the world. Because if you look at all the CEOs of all of the major oh, tech, tech companies, companies, yeah, they're all Indian. Except for Steve, except for uh, what's his name, Tim Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook is the only white guy. Maybe that's why Apple's been killing it still. Yes, <laughs> I mean Google's on the decline. I mean I'd Microsoft. Say, I mean, I'd say Apple's been pretty stagnant. But oh, did you see the latest iPhone? Yeah, I was looking at potentially getting it. I just actually watched a teardown of it before this, and. Uh, it broke way easier than other phones, even though it's titanium, like the back on it and stuff. I mean, this guy was taking like a blowtorch to it and stuff like that, but he does this with all the iPhones and he was like surprised. He's like, oh, wow, this one actually did not hold up that well. Like usually the back part doesn't break on it when he does these tests. So I'm fine with my phone. The battery's starting to go, which I'm like, is that a coincidence or not? So I'm like, it's not, it's not a coincidence. I just got a thing where I'd get like $830 towards if I turned in this phone. So I'm like, $21 a month isn't that bad, but I'm like, do I really need it? I'm on the edge. Like, what iPhone do you have right now? I have the 13. Yeah, 13. So I, have, I have the 12 Pro Max. So I'm like, I'm due for an upgrade, but I might. I'm not sure. I either need to get it now or wait a year. Like, I hate getting it mid-cycle. So I like to get it right when it comes out or just wait for the following one. Because the thing is, are there new capabilities besides the standard? Okay, let me see. The new, the, the most advanced chip and the best camera. So, and, okay, what else? Oh, you, you I, I haven't watched anything. Uh, oh, I said so yeah. like the... Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I was just saying, like, what is new besides... A brand new chip and the best camera. Uh, it's now USB C, so the Lightning port oh, is gone. Wow. Um, yeah, there's not a ton. The camera is cool though because it does um, spatial stuff, which I think Android's done forever. But like when the VR headset comes out, you'll be able to record stuff and then you'll be able to like see it in 3D in VR, which is kind of interesting. Don't know how much I'd use it, but 
could be cool for some things to like have captured in 3D that you could later view. But yeah, there's not a ton of selling points. So that's why I'm like on the edge. I'm like $21 a month isn't that bad, but it's like how many uh how many ends coin is that that I could invest every every yeah. month? Yeah, like, I mean, comes back to hints coin. Yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to mention, man, we didn't get the funding from Catalyst. Oh, for which? For hints coin. Um, oh, uh, they they didn't get the votes. We did. It's just like there's like this big downfall thing too in Catalyst, so it's not necessarily. I thought it was kind of like in YouTube where you only see the positive, the likes, but you don't see the dislikes. But it turns out that you see like everything in terms of the likes and the dislikes and at the end of the day, we did not get enough positive ones in order for us to get funded. I think also, too, is like the bear market. So funds are more concentrated to different areas. And there's this other one I'm invested in. The only one that I'm invested in that actually got funding is um, Ada Finance slash LenFi. The one I was- uh, yeah, LenFi you've talked about for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, man. I look into them a little bit to maybe get like, you know, 500 LenFi. 500 to 1,000 if you can, bro. Okay. I think I think in the next bull run, they'll do well too. And you think they're still... Because I know they went up like pretty significantly since when you first started investing in them. You think they're still worth investing at this point? Oh, yeah, man. Um, I think that the price that they're at right now, I was saying that any price below 2... I was saying between $2 and, um, and 3 is a good buying price. They're under that. They're like at 150 but I think the upside for them is like also 200 bucks or more. Yeah, they're at like 5.9 ADA or 5.88 ADA per coin right now. I'm always terrible with those conversions. I have to look at I, it. I am too. Luckily, ADA has been going down at 24 and a half cents right now. So that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're a good price. Um, They're a good buy right now. And I also think that next poor run is going to be very good for them because. Oh, uh, shit. Say if I bought five hundred, that's like seven hundred and twenty bucks. It's almost three thousand ADA. But yeah, maybe I should pull the coin, uh, pull the trigger. Yeah, but I guess I still, I because I think that next because you know I have that very conservative view. If it reaches, I think it can reach the same point that Ave had reached this past bull run, which was like four hundred close to six hundred a coin or something like that. It was in yeah. that range. But, you know, Alve had all those hacks and whatnot. Lenfire will most likely not have all those hacks, probably have no hacks. So it could probably just reach either the high points or even explore even further. But don't go that crazy, though. And they could go, like, at least, they could get to, like, the $10 billion market cap. So uh, that would probably put it at what? It could put it at 1000 a coin because there's only, like, $13 million circulating. Are there um anything's coming up? in the imminent future that could spike the price. I'm just looking at now. It looks like it's on a downtrend, which is good for investing. Maybe I'll um, break it up. V2. Is that happening? Like any, like when's that supposed to happen? So they're getting audited right now by Anastasia Labs. So the, they're thinking that it's probably going to take another month and a half for it to be completely done. The audit. And then after the audit, the conclusions of the audit, they're going to go launch and mainnet. So that's probably going to take like a couple of weeks. So I think at the like end of this year, they'll have the V2. And with the way the things have been going, especially with the bear market, I don't necessarily think they're nothing. Like it might spike in price. 
leading up to it, you know, buy the rumors, sell the news. But we're still not in the bull market because when the yeah. bull market happens, yeah, it's going to pump heavy. And then also, too, the reason why I'm so bullish on it, too, is just that they had published a proposal. And one of the, and the proposal was to use some of the team allocation or the treasury funds in order to market. So even and for with Cointelegraph. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. So exactly. So imagine doing a, like you time it for like a bull run, like you're starting writing articles about LenFi and whatnot. So, you know, people are going to fall more heavy and that's going to pop our backs like crazy. So I definitely think it's a, it's a good, it's a good buy. It's a good buy right now. Um, and yeah, man, it's a, it's a great project long term. Well, I like the DCA. So maybe I'll do it in 125 coin increments so I could get there. And it, like, do you think I probably still have five weeks at it being relatively around this price point? Do you think it's going to pump like crazy with then or should I? Uh, yeah, just DCA, man. Um, I'm terrible when it comes to price. Like I I tried to do the more, um, the like looking at the charts, like, oh, this is a the descending triangle. It has I think all that. Sh- I think all that shit's just like very complicated guessing. Like it's still wrong, like 50 percent of the time. So exactly. I'm like, that's a lot of effort to invest to have a coin flip chance of being right. Exactly, but but at the end of the day, like the I think the intrinsic value of Lenfi is at, at least two hundred dollars. Like, and uh, in a perfect after V two and everything, and people are using, I think it's a two hundred dollar coin. Bear bull market. That's like, that's where it should be priced at for the amount of value that it brings, right? But the thing is, like, if you have that two hundred dollar mindset. Then like it could be ten dollars. You're still like, yo, this is yeah. still a great price. So, so definitely better it, than a dollar forty four, which is where it's at right now. Yeah, man. And also too, I was I went to the proposals the other day. They have like a page where they have proposals in just in general about things to add, things to remove. No, no, no. It's usually things to add to the platform. And I looked at the amount of people that were involved in it. And guess how many people are involved in like those discussions and whatnot? It's like a really small amount. Yeah, small amount. Not crazy small, but still fairly small. Like thirty? Is that way too uh, it's small? More, it's, it's more. It's more than that. Two hundred. Yeah, bro. So imagine you're in a room. You could put two hundred people in a room. Yeah. And think about how early you are. Like you're, you're like part of the two hundred people who have like some skin in the game. Imagine when like. It reaches the masses where there needs to like a thousand or ten thousand people come in. Yeah, that's yeah, two hundred people. That's that's a pretty small group in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like looking at most of the proposal. I was like seeing like three hundred views, two hundred views. I was like, what? This is how few people are in here right now. So, like I said, Howard Mark said in the book, being early. No, no. Being early is synonymous to being wrong. Because, you know, most people don't yeah. see the value until they see the value. But yeah. by then, we're millionaires, man. We're chilling. You're like, oh, yeah, you see it right now. It's like, oh, $200 a LenFi. Oh, that's a great buy. I'm like, yeah, man, it is. Yeah. Keep buying. I'll sell to you. Well, that's just like with the last bull market, thinking back, like talking to the people at the meetup. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was buying ADA when it was like one cent. And I'm like, fuck, I was buying it at like 30 cents. And I thought that was good. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, people... When you're early and no one else is interested, before it takes off, everyone's like, why would I give a fuck? Like, you're crazy. 
And then once exactly. it's actually successful, it's like, wow, holy shit, you knew about it when no one knew about it. You're a genius. So having that foresight of like being in those 200 people is definitely a good thing. Yeah, man. So I think I don't necessarily know how we lose, man. I really don't. The only way we lose is if we're like, we're long-term holders. And then we hold all the way to the bowl, top of the bowl. And it comes like, back. It goes all the way back. Unless you're technically not like a loser because you're just going back to where you started. But yeah, you but feel no, like a loser when you... Uh, when you miss out on millions of dollars, that would feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, but because I was thinking about uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff's story. So Jeff and one of the meetups told us that he had started investing in Cardano in 2017 when it was 40 cents. And remember, it retraced all the way back down to like a penny. Yeah. And he went all in. But, okay, so 2017, and then you saw the 2021 bull run, and it reached like $3. But he he's one of those long term guys, so he's he I don't think he sold at all. And remember when we were in the early parts of the bear market, it reached back to like forty cents. And then I met up with him at the meetup, and he said, "Yeah, so essentially I'm right back where I started." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "This is a lesson to you, to us, that hey, we gotta sell in the bull market, man. We can't, yeah, because you see how much you lost out on." You saw you lost on all those gains. Yeah, you didn't capture because it's like, yeah, you're long. We're still long term. We'll be back. It's just like we'll be back with like a lot more liquidity. Yeah, you gotta take some profit, and then yeah, when it goes back down, you reinvest it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's at twenty four and a half cents right now, so he's technically worse off now than. Well, I guess he he stacked a lot at one cent, so I'm sure that his like dollar cost or whatever his cost basis is really low, but But yeah. Yeah, that must suck to have that feeling. Um, oh yeah, quick question: Do you use MinSwap for most of your deck stuff? Is that the one yeah. that you're? Do you have you bought any of their coins to get like the discount on the trading fees, or is that not like really worth it? Um, I haven't. I haven't. I know that's like the benefit of holding Min. I haven't done that yet. Um, honestly, man, are are you just thinking of using the Min coins for the discounts? Yeah, just like, it. yeah, yeah, I think just... it's worth it. Especially since we're going to be utilizing them, they're the number one decks in Cardano. They have yeah. the most liquidity for most of the stuff that we're in. So, I think it's a good. I think it's a good purchase just for the discounted fees. Yeah, and does it consume it for the fee? Like I, I have the white. I pulled up the white paper once, like the what a discount thing, but I didn't actually take the time to read through it. I saw math and I was like, this is too much. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've never utilized it for the discounts. I've just gone and gone to it straight up. Okay. It might be worth it. Oh, like I just haven't looked into it, but I think that's one of the benefits of having the coin. So, oh, okay, I see it here. So, yeah, the more that you hold, the more of a discount. So, if you have two thousand min, you get one percent, five thousand, two point five, and your batcher fee goes down. Or is that just the percentage of the batcher fee? Oh, okay, so yeah, if you hold fifty thousand, you're just saving half an ADA. So that actually, yeah, it's not even that not, worth it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it, but. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I should buy some. I mean, if it's the top decks that should appreciate with. Oh, no, wait. Haha, I got oh, you there. Is that a fallacy? <laughs> it's kind of a fallacy. And the reason why is they they recently had to restructure their emission schedule because it turns out that, remember, there was like the little bull run in Cardano during the summer. And MinSwap, out of all the deck of the decks, since it has so much volume, it should have appreciated greatly since everybody's using it. 
but it didn't. Like the price like barely did anything. And the reason why is just like they had the way that their token structure is, they had a the vesting was just like crushing the potential demand. So like the overabundance of supply was pushing the demand. And oh. it was just never reaching the point where the demand exceeded to the point to push it past that resistance. And they did some restructuring to benefit the mint swap holders. But you already lost out on that little yeah. Cardano DeFi run. And the one that actually did the best was Muli Swap. And it's because of their tokenomics. And they only have 10 million of them. Oh. Exactly. So you know that rarity. Tokenomics, like I said, the way that if it's set up properly, you could like, really kill it. Yeah. Whenever things like start to pick up, or like even there's some slight interest because um the people that are holding, yeah, when you're selling, it's just like a lot of people are gonna have it's more demands than supply. Yeah. Well, just thinking of like what the the actual um Use market case. cap would be for it. Like if you have like a billion coins, does it doesn't make sense that it's gonna be worth two hundred like that coin's probably never gonna reach two hundred dollars. Like you're probably not gonna have a two hundred billion dollar market cap for like a small altcoin. So thinking of something that's like 10 million, like an $8 mm-hmm. billion dollar market cap doesn't seem that crazy. So like, I don't know. That's how I think about it. I don't know if that's a good way to think about it, but I always think about the tokenomics of like, would this market cap actually be realistic? Like, could we expect this coin to be worth this much according to that, if that makes any sense? Yeah, what you said, it makes sense. And also one of the aspects that we also have to look at, especially with low... Like coins that have like let's say 10 million 15 million is how much is the team holding because yeah liquid finance basically the counter it's like the equivalent of um lindfire slash ada finance i'm scared of them <laughs> and the reason why it's a it's not even an irrational fear is because they have i think overall they'll only have 15, like 19 million coins, something like that. That's like the the total that will ever exist at any point. But the team allocation is very high and their emission schedule was really messed up. I don't know if they've corrected it. And also too, the amount in circulating supply is very low. So in the last bull market, they were trading with no product. I think at $122. So like, however much ADA that was. And I was like, how, how you have nothing Yeah, and you're trading that high. And they haven't necessarily solved that during the bear market. You could get some liquid, but the thing is like, let's say in the bull market, it starts to spike again, that LQ token, especially, I don't like the leadership, the, just the guy that runs it. He's a black dude called DC. It's kind of interesting because in 2021, I, he was talking about liquid finance. And I was like, he seems like he's a smart dude, but for some reason, I don't trust him. And the reason why is like he seems like he's been very dismissive of other projects. He's had like a very adversarial way about going about things, kind of like talking down on people. And he's done some shady stuff when it comes to selling. They, they called him out on it. So... That's the leadership. That's the guy who's running things. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, you think he's not gonna do some something shady when bull market happens and there's a lot of more money involved. I, I think he might. So, well, just concern. when the leadership has that 
much of the coin anyway just like once it starts to pump if they start unloading it just like fucks everyone else over so that's exactly yeah i feel like that's a very valid thing to be concerned about yeah and you know me being a machiavellian guy so um i don't try to like see the i see people for what they are as opposed to like being like maybe he'll change his ways nah probably not money Um, more money usually does not make people uh, more generous it seems and the Lenfi guy, man, the reason why I'm so bullish on them is like I was looking at some of the stuff that they had from they're just I was just trying to get some background on the two guys that initially started the project. It's three guys now. But one of them, I was just looking up. I was like, okay, let me see it. Where what does he do on his personal time? So I looked him up, tried to see him on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and or X now, and Facebook. And I wasn't able to find anything until I found his X page. And guess what he said on his X page? What do you say? I live to code. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, put my money with this guy. So this guy's not a hype beast at all. Oh like no, he's, he's a fucking nerd that probably does not know how to sell at all. He no, sounds but... very similar to the the ends coin guy. What's his name? Vladimir. <laughs> Vladimir. Yes, these guys are just in the lab building. They're just like. They just put their head down and then they're just coding away, chugging away at the protocol. So I, I like those guys, man, because at the end of and then they have a good vesting schedule. Like they have a good emission schedule and they, they said that we're not changing anything. So whenever the bull run hits, like us as token holders will benefit greatly. There's not going to be like, oh, we're just going to unlock and dump 300,000 fire on everyone. So, yeah. I definitely think they're building the right way. We have to we have to really look at the personalities or the people running all of these projects that we're into because at the end of the day, when more money is involved, they'll definitely, if they have the wrong personality types or there's the wrong character, they'll, they'll definitely screw us. Yeah, especially so. when it's like such a deregulated industry and it's so decentralized. Like it's not like a company where they can replace the CEO if they're doing like sketchy shit. Like you're, you're buying into this part, like basically this person's like personal dream that they're putting into reality. So exactly. it's good that you're like, I feel like you do more uh, like due diligence than the average crypto investor. So it's nice that you're like actually looking into the people behind it, not getting hyped by just like all the marketing material that's out there and stuff like that. Yeah, man, that's like, you're, you're my friend. It's like, if I would recommend something to a friend, I'll never, recommend shit to you you're like trying to like be like oh yeah just buy this man um it, sh- it should pump i'm like i'm like really deep i go deep into it actually uh, to a fault at sometimes because you know like running through all these schemes and like wait a second and then this and that and that but at the end of the day that's why like but now i don't really talk crypto with other people except like maybe you and uh, like, like my mom because she also wants to buy a couple of things here and there because at the end of the day, when you when I say something to people, like they'll dismiss it, not taking into account all of the thought and that goes behind it in order for me to come to that conclusion that this is like a solid thing to do. So, yeah. Well, I know so. you're investing in this stuff. You're obviously really into this and very knowledgeable. And I'm like, I get why you're not like, what's the point of going and trying to convince people for them to make money? I'm like, if you don't want to listen to me, like it's no skin off my back. I did the exactly. research. I'm doing the investment. And I'm like. Yeah, if Pete thinks this is a good investment, he's putting his money into it. He knows way more than I do. I'm going to trust it. I do a little like surface research, but I'm like, there's nothing I'm going to uncover that Pete doesn't already know. So I, I uh, 
Ah, uh, that's not I, true, man. You could still find some stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm but, not all knowing. I'm just one guy. But yeah, I, I uh, take your advice. I weigh it very heavily for my investing stuff. So if I show you something, man, it's not BS. And so, also, too, I'm in it. Yeah, exactly. Like you have skin in the game, so I'm like, it's yeah. If Pete trusts his money with it, I'm gonna throw some of my money in. So yeah. So and we both will both be rich together, bro. It's like ah, uh, yeah, okay. Worst case scenario, you lost a little bit. Yeah. But best case scenario, you made it. You made a lot of money. You're like, ah, oh. that's like, how Jake? How were you able to buy that house for you and your girlfriend, eventually wife? And like, I was like, yeah, man, I had this guy. Pete. He was telling me about some of these things, and I was like, ah, I'll throw a couple dollars back behind it. And then he was actually right, and boom. Yeah, God, I can't wait for that day. I, I do <sighs> think it will come. Oh yeah, bro. Um, but yeah, and like I was thinking about this too because I have been saving a decent amount of my paycheck in cash, just like being in tech and in sales and stuff, layoffs are happening a lot. So I just want to have some runway mm-hmm. of pure liquidity. And I was thinking of like how long I could last on the money I have saved and I could easily make it four months without like any change to my lifestyle or taking on any debt. But then I was thinking, I was like, oh, like I could probably make it longer because right now I'm living like this and I'm setting aside a bunch of money too. So it's like all this money I'm investing, it's not like I want to lose it, but it's already out of my cash flow. Like mm-hmm. I'm basically seeing it as this money's lost anyway. So I feel like there's not really any down. Like it can only go up. Like this money isn't in my day to day cash flow. So if it goes to zero, it's not like it's going to materially affect mm-hmm. me besides being a little bummed. So yeah, I like we said before. I think the upside is tremendously huge. The downside is very minimum, which is there's not many chances like that that you get in life. So it seems like a good good time to take advantage of it. Definitely, and also too. Howard Marks said in the book, it's like, I have to always go back to him. Like it rarely, any investment usually never go to zero. Like, I mean, there are certain things that they do collapse, but most investments don't necessarily, you might sell at a very low, but, but this is for like, not like just random gambling, you know, I'm just like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to throw money at this. But most of the investment that are with due diligence that are done, then they might go down significantly, but they never usually go to just zero and just like go away. So, and then if you hold on to it, like if it's gone down significantly, like it's not, is it really worth it to be completely out of the game to have an exactly. extra couple thousand dollars? Like just keep it in there and you never know it could come back up again, which especially yeah. with crypto, like you just let it ride and who knows? There could be a huge bull run 50 years from now from some <laughs> stripper coin could be worth a million dollars in like 2060. You never know. It's like the old one was actually worth more than the new one because the old one is the original one. And people are like, yes, this is true. This is this makes a lot of sense. It kind of like Doge. Nobody was working on Doge and it became top 10. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping with all these like shitty old NFTs. I'm like, hopefully like my great grandkids will be like, wow, you have like an original obscure nft like holy shit yeah i'll pay the gazillion ada for that in board eight bro i was looking at guess you remember top of the board weren't they like usually trading at least like five hundred thousand dollars i don't more? know if it's that high but yeah i know board ape was like one of the top nfts of like all of them okay why are they like super cheap now yeah i was looking at um i just looked at it, it just crossed my mind i was like huh how wonder how much you're you're worth now and I saw like some of the floors were like five thousand, ten thousand. I think well, the I highest one was like fifty. It's crazy that Ape Society is still super high on Cardano. Like that one, like the floor for that I'm looking at right now is still sixty three hundred ADA. Um, 
Clay Nation's pretty good, but I'm so surprised that um is this for all? That uh what are they called? I can't even think of the name of them now. The original uh, Space Buds. Oh, Space Buds, yeah. Like they were not about them. Oh, wait. Oh, I guess they are the the name has been Depreciated Buds. Why does it say that? But yeah, Space Buds like at one point they were worth like 30,000 each. Or like four, like the floor was, I think, like thirty thousand dollars, and now you can pick one up for like four hundred sixty-five. Oh damn! And I, I guess they still are the stop, the top traded NFT. It just says depreciated in front of them now for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy how much the NFT market's tanked. And part of me is like, is now the time to invest? <laughs> like that'd be pretty nice to get. But even then, that's only like a ten x. If I bought Space Bud and it goes back up to like forty k. Uh... But. You never know. It's just like that's that's the thing. I think from an NFT perspective, the ones that provide crazy, like very good use case and utility, I'll definitely get behind. But a lot of these other plays, like Ape Society, like you said, is still trading very high. But for me, I still think it's like a kind of a gamble where okay, like the greater fool. Like somebody else has to really like this to want to buy this yeah. from me and think that it's going to go much higher because my taste and everybody else's taste are two different things. Yeah. Well, I always and, think of it as like a house of cards built on a house of cards. Like yeah. crypto's already risky. And then this is like <laughs> super degen. Yeah. Doing another risk on top of that. And there's very little utility for most of these. Exactly. And bro, bro one chain, man, it's been doing its thing. They've been, they, um, they're connecting more networks. I still, I think there's gonna be a big one next next bull market. Finally, man, I think it's it has to reach all time high again, man. It can't. Yeah. And it has to pass it, not just like reach it, but pass it significantly. Have you found any way to buy it aside from like Ethereum dexes? Um, I've found. Okay, so I found a way. Well, because I I've stopped DCing into it after KuCoin, but I am I am staked still at least. Uh, getting I think like six percent. Okay, so I was looking. No, I couldn't buy it off of that. It was another centralized exchange I was looking into. Because um, you could buy it on like Uniswap or something like that, right? But then you just have to pay all those like yeah. shitty gas fees. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Because I was trying to find how you could get it through Dex, no, but sorry, but not Uniswap. Let's see, because you could use the. I've, I've, I'm, I haven't looked. I haven't done it yet. But I was looking into trying to use OneSwap in order for me to get it. Um, so it's like the, the Uniswap version of, on one chain. Okay. But I don't necessarily know which liquid asset I would have to send in. So I, I haven't looked into it deeply, but I did win 501. Oh, um, nice. Crypto range. You have, I, have, I have to text you. Because you're in like to, a Telegram group, right? Yeah, it's not... It's not it's not the for only Telegram. It's for the people that watch the live streams that he has sometimes on Fridays. Okay. So he it's just like a regular YouTube live stream, and he does a competition at the end or like some way in the middle of just saying, saying if you follow the one chain Twitter, okay, the X account, there's like a part of it where they might have a posted pen, just like we're saying, this is what's going on in one chain. And Crypto Rain will just like have a question tailored to that. And the first person to answer it will get the launching giveaway. Oh, damn. 
Seems like you've won a lot. So you like answer first a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, I do, bro. And there's like other three other times where I could have won, but I fucked up, man. <sighs> One time I knew the answer. I knew what he was gonna ask. I knew the answer. But guess what? I was a couple seconds delayed on the live stream. Oh, I was so pissed. How many man. people watch these live streams? Uh, it's like live. Sometimes like thirty people. Oh, so you have like a pretty good chance of winning then. Exactly. So like the it's pretty it's like as long as my it's my fingers as long as they're pretty fast, um, I have a good chance. I've won them. I think I've won over like a thousand won. Oh wow. So I think yeah. no, I think I probably won. Whoa, I'm starting to put it in perspective. I probably won like twelve, twelve like twelve hundred won just like from the live stream because sometimes yeah. he doesn't do one for a while, and then he'll be like. He'll have, oh, I have 500 won to give out. So I recently won 500 won. And then there was another time I won 500 won too. Damn. And that, that's cool that we get to meet him in person too at that, that party. I know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, so, well, but I'll have to send you. So, I mean, we could both compete. Uh, I don't want to take away your one. I'd be getting the answers <laughs> from you anyway. So, no, because um, you just have to follow the Twitter and then yeah. X and then um, answer it first. But uh, yeah, once we uh, get some traction with this podcast, we see if we can get Crypto Rain on as a guest sometime. That'd be pretty sick. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely, he'll definitely be willing. He's a, uh, he's real chill, but that's why I'm kind of, um, we really have to go all in, especially now with this bear market and what's going to happen next, because he said that he might not be around after this next bull. Oh, he's going to like cash out and get out yeah, of the game? pretty I much. Mean, if you're rich and you're like your passion's not content creation, why not just get out and fucking enjoy it? Yeah, he says that he might just like he's thinking that he will get to forty million plus next bull run. Damn. Yeah, and he's just thinking that if I get to that point, he would rather just you know enjoy his money, yachts, spend time with his family, buy yeah. a couple for like he's not going to be like doing live streams anymore. Yeah, and so he kind of like you kind of miss out on some of his analysis, but he's been teaching you how to fish and supposed to giving you a fish. So I think we'll be in good hands with me and you running the helm. Yeah. Hey, if I make enough money, then I can just be out of the game. We'll do this podcast and I'll do music. That's oh, that's true. That's bro. my goal. Make having two million after paying taxes for whatever that's going to be or paying taxes that's another or three two to three million and then hopefully just putting it in a safe investment and living off the interest is is my goal so yeah same so oh. and it also to moving to another country so i don't have to my cost of living just goes drastically down i know i'm portugal does really intrigue me. i mean i do want to check out thailand as well i'm just like that flight really dissuades me from going to check it if i was rich i definitely would but like right now just like the thought oh, yeah. of being on a plane for like a day to fly there just uh does not interest me but portugal i could uh, like lagos or something like that like just living in a beach town living it up for a few years would be pretty sick but might as well do a yes that's one of the things i've recently read in this book is called die with zero by bill perkins i think you might as well do a long trip eventually probably 2025 2026 just to do it because later on in life you're just not gonna do it oh yeah i mean it's if I was rich and didn't have a job, I would definitely I'd hop on a plane to. Well, actually, I'd probably make my way over there. I'd like fly to Portugal, then like fly to somewhere else, and like slowly make my way over there. But just for I mean, like now with a job, like if I have oh, yeah. two we- two weeks for vacation, like having that long flight and then dealing with the jet lag and stuff, like I'd rather 
Oh, my girlfriend and I really like Portugal. We're like, do we even want to go check out any other places when we know that we're going to like love this place? So, oh, man, check out Argentina. I think you guys will like it. I'll, I, I'll let you know after I come back. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you got like to give me some points. I've, I've been trying to sell her on Argentina. So and cute and uh, Colombia as well. But I don't know we both really liked Portugal. So nice. It's just like they're way too accommodating to Americans. It was like if Disney World was a country, which is what I liked. It was like. You have to keep traveling, bro. Keep Forward traveling. country light. I know. I don't think like everyone hypes up traveling and I did really enjoy it. But like when I got there, I'm like, eh, this wasn't as like perspective changing amazing as I thought it would be. I'm like, I'm I'm kind of I'm very much a, a homebody. So I do like traveling. I think there's a lot of value to it. But I think on the spectrum of people that really enjoyed people that don't, mm-hmm. I'm like slightly more on the side of, yeah, I could take it or leave it. I think because I think a big part of Portugal and the way that it's kind of set up Buenos Aires and Argentina is kind of set up the same way. It kind of looks like Europe. That's why a lot of people like it. Yeah. So I definitely think that where costs of living and everything and some of the stuff like you and your girlfriend would like, you'd like it. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Do they all like speak English there? Like there's more, there's a lot of more, there's a lot of English speakers and, Ah, there's all these expat groups. A lot of people have been going living down there. So there's, there's a, good, a good amount where it would be. It's not as big of an issue. Yeah. Well, if I want to get my other cost of living down, I'm in the process of finally doing applying to the Native American tribe that I'm eligible to be part of. So if I wanted to, I could go up to southern, like right on the main border on the other side of Canada. I could live on the reservation for free. So that would be. Oh, really? Yeah. I've heard it's not very nice at all, but <laughs> there's could, a casino, right? Yeah, there's definitely a casino and stuff <laughs> like that. I've heard it's very run down. I'm sure I've heard there's a lot of liquor stores as well. So liquor stores but and casinos. I could live there for free. So and I'd be like three hours from where my family lives. So wait, how how were you able to? How are you eligible to go there? So my grandfather's half Native American. My mom's oh. one eighth, and I'm one sixteenth, which is the cutoff to be eligible to join the tribe. So. I've been meaning to fill, I filled out an application. Apparently I got an application for the wrong tribe and I sent it to them and they're like, we have no record of your family being here. <laughs> so I filled it out once and now I'm trying to get my hands on the right application. I actually just emailed them this week to hopefully get it. Um, so once I fill that out, I'll be able to be a member and I'll get a cut of the casino a couple times a year. And I think could apply to go live up there if I wanted to. Well, you actually do get a cut of the casino. It's not much and it's in Canadian. So it's like $400, like twice a year that you get. Oh, so not bad. <laughs> but I know some like some of the big tribes, like in the Midwest and stuff, like people make their full time income from their cut of the casino and stuff. So damn, that's actually but not bad. Apparently, I come from a not very wealthy tribe. Unfortunately, to blame your grandfather. Like, damn it, why couldn't you have been one of, like the Mohicans or whatever nope. big tribe there are? Nope, we're the uh, Octomato. I'm, I'm probably even saying that wrong. I thought it's Mal- like it's a subset of the Maliseet tribe. I always said Maliseet, but it's like a subset of that. So I could definitely be a better Native American. They paid for most of my college, so I guess that was nice as well. But oh, really? Yeah, I still yeah. took out a bunch of uh, I took out a bunch of money so I wouldn't have to work during college. So I'm still like 30k in debt, but it would have been a lot more if they hadn't paid for all the tuition and stuff. Wait, like, how much were you able to get from them? Oh, is it because like you got subsidies because you're Native American? Well, they just like they paid for like my tuition was paid for when I lived on campus. My housing was paid for. Whoa. Um, And then I just like took out 
Because if you took out like past that, then I just basically got all that money as a refund check. So like my fifth year of college, I lived off campus at a new apartment complex, which was pretty expensive. So I was paying like $800 a month for that. So I took out loans for all of that. Mm -hmm. I also bought like a $3,000 TV with student loans. So if I hadn't (laughs) done all that stuff, (laughs) if I was smart, I was like, I'm like, I'm sure they're going to forgive student loans (laughs) within the next like 10 years. So it's basically free money. But yeah, if I was smart, I could have basically got out of college debt free. But 29, I think it's actually 28K. 28K for five years of college isn't too bad. Oh, yeah. I never knew that it paid that much to be a Native American. Do you think I'm Native? (laughs) It's a a pain in the ass. Like, luckily, I had cousins that went to this college before me. So, like, they'd done most of the legwork. We just kind of had to switch out their grandmother for my grandfather. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm right at the six once. Yeah. um, One sixteenth. No, one. One eighth. I'm one, one eighth. eighth. Not one sixteenth. Yeah, I'm one eighth. My, my mom's a quarter. I'm one eighth. So okay, gotcha. that, yeah. that's the cutoff. And yeah. when I went, it was okay. only land grant colleges, like colleges that were started under the land grant act um, were eligible. But now I think you can go to almost any college for free. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty cool. Damn. So it wasn't. And even when I went back to college a second time, um, when I moved back to Maine from New York, they paid for that as well. So Jesus, they'd pay for grad school and stuff too if I want to go back. So it's a pretty, pretty good deal. That's an amazing deal. I wish my grandparents were Native American. Ah. Ah, my grandfather was actually a rich man in Haiti, but he was an asshole. He didn't give <laughs> enough. He didn't. He didn't. We were kind of like the outside family where my grandmother and him. It's kind of like she was his fling. So she was and, like a side piece. Pretty much, pretty much. She was like the side piece. I got because it's kind of like that generation of you have like your wife that you have a bunch of kids with, and then eventually in time, like if you're well off, like he was, he owned a lot of businesses, and he liked other women, and my grandmother kind of just fell into that picture, and then boom, then my mother came in from that. I mean, she he did help out with a lot of things when it came to like my mother's college and stuff like that, but. When he passed away, it's not like we got anything. And my yeah. mom didn't get anything from. It's not like she was like, "Oh yeah, so I got like two hundred k to start my life." He was like, "Nah, it's only his kids got stuff." So, uh, so that's why we gotta make it in crypto, man. <laughs> yeah, make it go back to Haiti and take his place. Yeah, I'm not fool, never. <laughs> oh God, probably the cost uh, of living is very low down there. Um, depends because. Yeah, if it is, but it's just like yeah, I would I wouldn't want to live there. Of all the countries, it's just I have too many bad memories from Haiti. Say so even if it was stable, there's like a ton of earthquakes, right? Um, yeah, more recently, the ever since 2010, there've been more earthquakes, but yeah, I just wouldn't want. I just I don't want to be there, man. It's just I don't even want to visit, man. It, unless it does like a complete renaissance of like you know how there's these countries that, are like, oh my God, it was just like terrible. And now it's like the most thriving country. Yeah. Um, I have like no hopes that it will be Haiti. But if it were to go through something like that, define my expectations, I'd go visit. But probably not. But we'll see. <laughs> so it's low on, low on the list. Yeah. Low on the back. list. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I have family, like, deep-rooted roots friends that i really want to go see that live there yeah um the only way that i'll see my friends that you from my childhood is if they come to the u.s most of them are american anyways or 
U.S. citizens, so we're fine. It wouldn't be that much of an issue, like, you know, getting a visa or whatnot. Yeah. So they wouldn't run into that. But besides that, yeah, Haiti have, is just thumbs down. Have you been back since you moved to America? Yeah, I went one time when I was 14. Um, that was like the last time all of my friends from childhood, they were still around. And actually, it was the perfect timing because the following year, two of them ended up moving. Um, one of them to Florida. Another one, I think he comes back and forth from Haiti in here. Um, so I'm not necessarily too sure, but it's kind of like that. It was just like the last hurrah, the last dance in a way of just saying, hey, I see each other. Oh, nice. It's good to see you too. And then, yeah, we all went our separate ways. I, I still have them on Facebook, um, two of them, but it's kind of interesting. It's just, you know, everybody just goes to live their life. Maybe in the future, we'll all converge somehow, but we'll see. You never know. But if I'm living in Colombia, I don't necessarily know, or Argentina, or whatever one of these countries. So that'd be very hard for certain people to come back into your life, you know? Yeah. Just got to reach out to all those people and get them investing in crypto. I know. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's only for a select few. It's like me and you, we do this thing. But everybody else, nah. We're going to be, like, by that point, it's like, how am I going to convince people where I'm already living my life, doing my thing? And we're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at this coin. I'm like, yeah, bro, invest. I don't care. It's like, I, I, it, like you investing in a particular thing does nothing for me since I'm already living my life, doing my thing. Yeah. You missed your, you missed the boat. Exactly. You missed hence coin when it was 30 cents or 40 cents. Now it's like at what Vladimir is still marketing. <laughs> He's still marketing. <laughs> Actually, hopefully Vladimir is, if Vladimir is still marketing, then that's a problem. Hencecoin did not do as well as we thought. But like he said, he's he's gonna be in the backdrop. So at the end of the day, that's when like Hencecoin is is integrated so much so in the Cardano ecosystem. It's doing its thing that you never see Mark Vladimir talking about the new versions. Or, yeah. or talking on channels, man. It's <laughs> Vlad, Vlad, come on, bro. Say like after we have our bag stacked, he needs to invest in a marketing manager that can actually sell yeah. that thing. Yeah, definitely. But for now, I'm glad that he's the one selling it. Works out very well for us. Yeah, he he's he's good to build it out. But well, damn, this might be I think our longest episode ever. We're, we're approaching uh, two hours. Oh yeah, so want to keep it going or are you, we, we good now? We can wrap it up here if you if you're ready yeah, to wrap that. it up. <laughs> I'm down, man. So so yeah, well, so. And the next episode of Pretty and Jake's Corner, the President of the United States will be talking to you about the policy changes. I'm doing a terrible Indian accent, but still. As the white half of this podcast, I'd like to say personally, I'm not racist to, as a endangered uh, endangered cancellation species. Uh, I like I like Indian people. Yeah, I like Indian food too, but I want to talk last way because you have to understand the curry is very good. <laughs> that was a terrible Indian accent, but still. Well, a good way to end that. I guess we'll uh, see you all in the next one. For sure. <laughs>